Praise the Lord. God bless you. I want to continue with the series of relationships. Tonight, I'm going to be speaking about the relationship as it pertains to parent and child. Parent-child relationships. Of course, eventually that child is going to become an adult. And so it's very important that the relationship is established in such a way wherein both the parent and the, the child, as a child becomes uh, grown or becomes an adult, there are certain boundaries, there are certain um, uh, expectations, there is a relationship that's molded and shaped, but it has to be rooted in the time where a child is growing up. I know that there are certain situations where maybe that may not happen. Sometimes, you know, for whatever reason, you know, people go their separate ways. There's a child involved and maybe the relationship isn't established later on until the person is an adult. Uh, my thing is this. Well, as long as you are alive, you are able to get things right. And, and relationships can be established if you have the desire to put the time in. That's the, that's what people don't understand uh, at the time when you're talking about relationships. It has to be time put in communication, fellowship, um, understanding how to agree to disagree, um, going through good times and hardships together, um, happy times and uh, celebrating milestones. All of these things, they build relationship. These moments, they build relationship. When you get out of sync with allowing for those occurrences to happen, it's, it severs relationship and people, what do they do? They stop talking. They stop understanding one another. The communication is broken. And therefore you have somebody say, Oh, I haven't talked to my dad in 10 years. I haven't talked to my mom in 20 years. And it's because somewhere along the line, a lot along the line, someone allowed for themselves or even both parties to say, I'm not going to put the work in. You have to be able to put the work in. So tonight we're talking about uh, relationship as it pertains to parent and child. And I know we know this scripture, um, the first scripture. Did I pray? I got to pray. Yes, we got to go in the word. Always go into the word praying because you want to have, you want God to clear any distractions and you want him to downpour understanding because you don't want to read the word on your own and interpret it in a way that's, that as it's appeasing to your flesh. You want it to the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to you and give you clarity on the word. So Father, we thank you for this moment and this time. We thank you for who you are. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would just help those who have an ear to hear, whether they're here now in this moment or going to hear later on, that you would speak to them, Father, and meet them where they need to be met. Father, we thank you for your word. Oh God, it is mighty like a two-edged sword. So if we thank you, Father God, that we are learning about the word, we are studying the word so that we can hide it within our hearts so that we will be pleasing in your sight, so that it will sustain us, so that it will help us to stay and keep on standing. We thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's talk about once again relationship as it pertains to parent and child. Ephesians 6 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. The first commandment with promise. You're commanded to honor 
your father and mother. It didn't say you had to like them because I know a lot of times people have estranged relationships or they feel mad because, you know, uh, maybe the father was a young father and he wasn't there seeing them grow up. And sometimes people get angry. Maybe the mother, you know, she decided that she didn't want to be in a relationship and she left the children and she went her separate way and joined up in another relationship. And sometimes, you know, people look at those things and they get upset and they get angry and it will cause for them to have issues that they feel like, you know, I'm, I'm mad, I'm angry, or the world owes me something. And I look, understand this. Everybody has a right to their feelings, but you also have the right to give yourself an opportunity to work through those feelings so that you can come to a place where you are a better person, where in a situation is not causing you to miss out on opportunities or it's, it's causing you to not be able to be open to receive blessings and people into your lives to help you. But you got to work through those feelings. So the, com the commandment is honor your father and mother. You may not necessarily like what they have done. You may not ne necessarily li have liked their parenting styles. Um, you know, I say this all the time, you know, you have children and you don't get a manual, you know, and when I say that, you don't get a manual because you can have multiple children, but each one has their own personality and you don't get a manual for each person, each person that, you know, you uh, bring into this world to explain how they act and why they act this way. It's, it's a lot, you know, raising a child. But the thing is the expectation sometimes from a child, uh, towards their parents is that, oh, well, I saw, uh, and my, one of my friends, their dad took them to the baseball game. You never took me to the baseball game. But what did your dad do? Your dad probably showed you how to change oil in the car. And that was maybe his thing because that's maybe how he was raised. So it's not a thing that you fault your parent. You got to look at the positive that they did. And I'm talking about parents that were in your lives. I'll talk about estranged parents and all of that too. But you got to look at what they did. And you have to admonish whatever best efforts they put forth um, in, in, in your childhood. And I'm talking about parents who were there, but sometimes, you know, you have parents that you feel that they were too busy. They didn't have enough time, all those different things. And sometimes, uh, you know, you have good parents and sometimes they can spoil their children. Your children just, they're not satisfied, you know, no matter what, they don't think that you did anything. They, they did anything great. It's people like that too. You can, do everything, bend over backwards, they're still not going to be satisfied. And it's because they have not yet worked on themselves. So if that is the perception of a parent, I go to the word of God when I'm speaking to someone, when they come to me and I say, look, it doesn't say that you have to like what your parents have done. It doesn't say that you have to um, stay under, especially when you become an adult, under the same directives, commands, or lifestyle that your parents you know, performed in front of you growing up. It doesn't say those things. All it says is honor your father and mother. Why? Because they're the people, if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be in the world. So you honor them. And then it says that this is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. You want to be well. See, that, that was my whole thing while I was doing all that talking. Oh, you, I don't like what my parents did. Oh, where is it? Da, da, da. Just honor your mother and father. It's for the sake for you to be well. It's also so that you can live long on the earth. If you're sitting and you're holding grudges and you're upset with a parent 
because you didn't like maybe something, anything that they did. It probably was in the morning time. Maybe they got up too early and that just didn't work for you. Okay, understood. But once again, you it's not a thing about liking what they did. It's just honoring the fact that they are your mother and father. Um, I worked in alternative school um, for, I think, over 10 years in an alternative program. And sometimes when um, I dealt with students that were dealing with um, traumatic incidences and dealing with, you know, some hardships or dysfunctions um, in their family life, it would amaze me that, you know, I would see children who were hurt or abused and they still would love their parent. They still wanted to have that bond. They still wanted to have that relationship. And then on the other spectrum, I would then see children who were given attention, who were loved, and they would always have something disrespectful to say about their parents. So it's just like, you know, you see the dynamics of how uh, relationships are established, but it deals with the perception. And the thing is, if you have parents, the word of God, and I'm saying that we all had to come into this world somewhere, we had to be parented. But if I'm saying like the living, the growing up with, the dealing with, you know, the thing is to honor them. Because when you honor them, it's for you to be well. It's for you to be well and for you to be able to live long on the earth. And it says, and you fathers, a lot of people don't read this part. They say, children, obey your parents in the Lord, but this is right. Okay, let's read the whole thing. It says, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Do not provoke your children to wrath. What does that mean? You shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't, first of all, be abusive with your words or abusive with, uh, uh, with your hands, you shouldn't provoke a child to say, you know what? I I'm done because nothing I do is right. You see a child doing something and you still saying it's not good enough or you, you're, the child is trying to express themselves. And it's just like, you don't want to hear them out because you tired because you walked or worked a, a, a long shift or whatever. You have to be mindful not to provoke your child to wrath. Not to provoke your child to want to wander off to sever themselves from you because maybe your expectations as a parent is beyond what they can do. Uh, and, and, and sometimes we have uh, children who make different choices and they, you know, they look at things differently. You may like uh, music uh, that's classical music, but they like music that's has that may have an R&B sound. It's not an in for all because they're different in what they like. You, you might like going to the Catholic church, but they might like going to a Baptist church. Look, they go into a church. I even said this to a parent. One parent, she said, I've been praying for my son and my, I just, I wanted him to get off of drugs and I wanted him to stop drinking the alcohol. I wanted him to stop hanging out in the streets and he stopped, but he became a Muslim. I'm like, okay. And is he still smoking? Is he still taking the drugs? Is he still, see, you gotta, your perception and you know, the way you think things should be is not always how they're going to be when you're dealing with your child, but you have to look at the positive. He's no longer out there strung out on the drugs. He's no longer getting, getting a, a, a so drunk that he just blacks out. He's no longer out there in the streets where and he's putting himself in arm's way. 
Yes, it may not be your choice. Maybe he chose a different faith, a different walk. But look how he, look how he has changed and transformed for the better. Yeah, maybe we wanted and wish that they would have became a, a Christian. But your prayer was answered. That child got off of them drugs. That child got off of that alcohol. That child got out of those streets, out of that hard life. And see, we got to, we got to then in turn thank God for the victory and him honoring our prayers and being a parent in the lives to be able to hone in on our children, pray for our children, be that, uh, 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 that eye, you know, when they can't see for themselves, but you're still praying. You cannot control your children. You cannot control your children. You're supposed to train them up. Proverbs 22 and 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. What does that mean? You teach them the manners. You, you, you teach them about faith, having faith in, in, in God. And you, you, you teach them how to, uh, uh, behave. You teach them social norms. You teach them all those things for the fact that one day they're going to be grown adults. And whether you think so or not, because sometimes children, it appears that they're not capturing what you're saying. But when they become older, trust and believe. If you train them up in the way that they should go, all of those values, all of those morals, all of those precepts and concepts that you taught to them, it will be recalled. I don't know about you, but I'll be honest with you. At a certain time in my life, you know, yeah, my parents are ministers and I was just like, oh, when I turn 18, I am out. <laughs> and my family, it was uh, at that time, it was you had to either work, you had to go to college or you had to go to um, the military. So for me, it was college. And I said, when I'm out, I'm going somewhere as far as I possibly can go. And that's what I did because I wanted to get away. I wanted to experience life for myself outside of the realms of what the expectations of what church people thought, you know, you got to be on this pedestal. You can't do this. You can't, can't. There was so many can't that you do. And I just needed to breathe. So when it was time, when I turned 18 and I had the opportunity to go away to college, I went away and I had a good time. Yes, I did. I enjoyed the journey. Yes, I did. I enjoyed the journey. Sororities, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the different social parties, step shows. I enjoyed the journey. Do you hear me? Yes, I did. And there was a point and there was a time when I wasn't under the eye of my parents, but I could recall how they taught me to be a lady. So whenever I got into a situation or whether I was in something, I, I okay, it was just like, this is too much. And, you know, my parents taught me it. I recall. See, the thing is, yeah, I may have been in a different atmosphere. I may have experienced different things that I was, that was not in the pattern of what we were doing at home. But because I was trained up in the way that I should go as I began to develop, as I began to become an adult, I remembered those things. I tell you to this day, in, in my twenties, if you talk to me anything about being Oh, a, a pastor or a minister, I would have told you, oh, no, I'm doing something else. I had a different uh, career path. I, I had a different mindset because I was just like, nope, I've seen too much. I've known too much. I, I didn't like how uh, uh, religion put you in a box. 
And I said, I am not a boxed in person. I want to be free. I want to, you know, I want to experience life and whatever God wants to show me and how he wants to show me and present. I want to be open to that, to receive it so that I can have my own testimony. And that's the way I felt. So if you ask me in my twenties, oh, Dawn, what you think about? No, that wasn't a part of what I was thinking about. But as I began to grow, as I began to develop both mentally, spiritually, physically, my mind would go back to the words of my parents, train up a child up in the way that they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from. No matter what I tried to do or where I tried to go, I could not run from my calling. <laughs> I told this to some of the saints before I could recall you know, um, I would try to go to the club and those of y'all who know, I mean, you had to know back in the day, Zanzibar and, you know, uh, the lighthouse, Palladium, all of those spots. I would try to get up into those places and it would be somebody at the door. I know who your father is. I can't let you up in here. And I'd be like, look, I'm, I'm grown. It's like, yeah, you grown, but you're not going to get me in trouble. And they wouldn't even let me in. I had friends growing up. That they would tell me, um, Dawn, we going out, but uh, we going to drop you off home. And I'm like, what? I want to go out too. They're like, no, where we going and what we about to do and involved in, we, we, we don't want you in that good because no, that's, you just can't do that. So no matter what I did or what I, you know, beyond the scope of what I was supposed to be doing, there was always God turning things around, going back to once again on how the way I was trained how the way I was brought up so that I can recall it so that I was put in situations where, and as I became an adult, I was not able to depart from those things that I was trained up in doing. And so uh, we bless God for that. When you are a parent, bless God for that. You know, uh, you, you may think your child, yeah, I taught them how to hang their clothes up and I taught them how to, you know, fold this and other. They do, they're going to do that in your house. But when they get their first apartment, it's going to be spotless because they're going to recall. Oh, I'm supposed to keep my stuff here. I'm going, I'm supposed to do that. Yeah, they're going to recall those things. That's why you don't stretch. You can't stretch yourself as a parent. They are listening to you. And I'll tell you more so than anything, a child needs to know that you love them. A parent needs to say, I love you on a daily basis. I remember, um, Elder Tim had shared this story about his son. And I know he's an adult now, a full grown adult, but when we were younger, we used to call him Little Tim because it was the father who was senior. And then there was his son who we called Little Tim. But he used to tell us all the time that he would tell him on a daily basis, I love you. I love you. I love you. And as he grew up, he would respond back and he would say the same thing. So it's important that we, we, we put that into our children, that we just don't say it, but we show them that we love them. Sometimes you have to sit down and you have to play the little board game. Sometimes you have to go to the park and push them on the switch because all of those things they're going to remember. And they're going to remember those things more so than you saying, um, don't do this, don't do that, because they're going to see that you were present, that you were there. So we, train up our children in the way that they should go so that when they become old, they do not depart from it. Uh, uh, Exodus 20, 12 says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. That's so important. A lot of people don't think that's real. 
but it is real. People who live long on the earth is because more than likely they had great relationships with their parents. They honored them. They respected them. Uh, they took care of them when they became older. You, God's word is God's word. I mean, if you live and you, you know, you keep on observing life patterns and you watch people, you can see every elderly person that I have ever spoke to that reached the, uh, the age of 90 and up. When I asked the question, I used to talk to, I miss our dear late mother, Sally Adams. I used to love talking to her and her telling stories. But when she talked about her parents and she talked about, you know, mom and she always, it was a good relationship. And so the word will always come back to me and your days will be long on the earth. Every elderly person that I have an opportunity to talk to, I'm like, what's your secret? What did you do? They have relationship. They have good relationship. They respect it and they honor their mother and father. Okay. Colossians 3, 2021. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. And um, that's similar to the second part of uh, our first scripture that we read in Ephesians. But that, once again, it's important, parents, that we don't provoke our children to anger. And as our children become older, you see them off. They go, you know, they go uh, to kindergarten. They go to, oh my goodness, my son is, is going to be going into kindergarten. I cried when my daughter went to kindergarten. Even though I knew and we talked about it, her school was right next to mine, I still cry. And it's just something that hits you to realize that life is moving on. But you see them go to kindergarten, elementary school, you middle school, high school, college. They, you know, find someone, they get married, and then they go off and they have their home and their children. One thing that parents should not do is put any mandates on their adult children, especially when they're married. It, it shouldn't be a strain and it shouldn't be a discussion where you tell your child, oh, you better be here for Thanksgiving. You better come get my pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving because you know that's what we do. And that person is married. That person is now establishing their own family to create their own stories, to develop their own children, train them up in the way that they should go. And we should always leave that opportunity of invitation, not imposing or demanding what our adult children should be doing. That is so important because you... You, if you love your child, you don't want to put them in a sticky place where they have to choose between their spouse and their parent. That's not good. But parents should be seasoned enough and they should be mindful enough to know that, listen, you have grown up, you know, and the word says that you should cleave to your husband, cleave to your wife. And look, y'all enjoy one another around the holidays. If you want to come, you know, later on during the course of the week, you know, if you have time off, you know, the doors are welcome and you don't have to come over to my house to, and wait just until it's Thanksgiving or, you know, Christmas or this, that, and the other. The doors are open anytime for y'all to come over. See, and you know what that does? That establishes even more respect. It, re it establishes a calm relationship, relationships. Good relationships should always establish a calm. When you come around a person, you're calm. When you come around a person, you're, you're happy to see them. Your adrenaline, you know, it, it, you have a flush feeling. And it's because that happy 
that happy hormone is processing because you are now in the presence of someone that brings you joy. And that's what parents should, that's what a parent should be to their child, especially their adult child. You bring me joy. You put me in a place of happiness. Not saying, oh, here's my mom again. She coming with a nagging. Oh, here my dad, my dad again. You don't keep complaining because I haven't been over the house. You don't want it to be like that. So we do have to be mindful. Adult children, we have to be mindful of our parents. Let me tell you something. Because if they should leave here before you, because we don't know where death lies. But for the norm, some the most part, our parents go before we do. And you don't ever want to regret and say, I should have did this more. I should have had more time. This and Because you were at odds. Because like we talked at the top of the uh, Bible lesson, you are holding grudges or you're bitter because you didn't like how your parent did something. You know what? You don't want to sit after they're gone saying, I wish I would have, could have, should have. Let me tell you why we have breath yet in our bodies. Let's have those conversations. Let's talk to our parents. We're not going to like everything they do. It's okay. But let's find a moment where we can. If it's eating peanuts, cracking open some peanuts, and that's y'all happy thing. Look, I'm coming over to crack some peanuts. All right. You're going to set up for 30 minutes cracking peanuts. Good seeing you, Pop. Good seeing you, son. Going about your way. Create the good moment. Because see, when they're gone, you'll say, you know what? I did enjoy when I used to sit and crack peanuts and eat it with my pop. It's a good memory. Stop focusing on the bad. Focus on the good. There had to be some good. And, and for those people who have stories, you know, that may have been abusive and things of that nature, I do understand that. But still, once again, give yourself the opportunity to heal and to process through your trauma so that you don't lose out on an opportunity wherein you can be more relatable to someone else. You know, a, a lot of people get stuck. I don't want you to get stuck. You got to work through those things. Amen. 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 All right. Exodus 21, 17 says, And he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. And you know, in the ancient uh, church and how the um, biblical um, government was, was set up, it was very harsh back in the day. And so, yeah, you had people who were put to death when they curse their father or their mother. Now, today, you see people all the time cursing their parents out and this, that, and other. Be watchful of that because we may not have a death sentence for that, thanks be unto God, because we would have a lot of people that wouldn't be here. But you do cause for a part of your life to die off. You do cause death to um, your life process when you curse your parents and when you do that. You block blessings because remember what we said in Ephesians, honor thy mother and father. It says that honor thy mother. That's a commandment. It says it's a commandment. Honor thy mother and father. So watch how you talk to your parent. If your parent gets you so upset that you feel like, oh boy, here they go again. Take a moment to walk away. Think about it. Rethink. Gather your thoughts and then come back because you don't want to be, you, you don't want to have that, that bitterness there staring up constantly. And then the guilt of having to deal what you have said and what you allow to come out of your mouth. Because once something comes out of your mouth, that's it. You can't take it back. So we have to be mindful. We have to be mindful how we speak to our parents. Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son 
who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when they have chastened him, will not heed him, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city, to the gate of his city. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This son of ours, stubborn and rebellious, he will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Why did you read that scripture, Apostle? Don't you go out here stoning nobody. I'm, not, I'm just reading scripture. Remember, we, we, we prayed and asked God to give us, you know, divine interpretation, not thinking on our own will. No, we're not, we're not going to bring our kids to anyone to be stoned. No, no, no. But sometimes I want, and the reason why this scripture I brought to attention, sometimes you have to go outside of your parenting skills and seek the advice of others. Sometimes you have to go out and you have to seek the counsel of people who have children, who have had children before you. You may even go out to seek counseling or therapy on how to be a better parent. But sometimes it's important that we just Sometimes we just hone in on just the way we want things, the way we see things, and it got to be my way, and that's it. Sometimes you got to go out. And this sense when they're saying stone and put away the evil from among you, I say the words that sometimes we can adhere and we can talk to, a, uh, you can talk to a child, and sometimes children will not get it from you for whatever reason. But you can find somebody else who can say those same stony, when I say stony words, those words that chastise, those words that correct. And another elder may say it and it may put that child in a place to say, ooh, I need to get myself together. And that's not anything to get jealous about. That's not anything to say, well, why? You know, yet, hey, it takes a village. It takes a village. It takes a village. When God has people around and you bless, that's what I don't understand. Why people do not bring their children to church anymore. Don't you know that when you do that, you're building a community around that child. You're bringing, you're building a community that assists you. All of that, uh, people have gotten away from the rudiments of being a part of a fellowship. It's not just about coming to see, you know, who, 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 who's driving what fancy car, who has on this outfit. No, it teaches life lessons. Being a part of a fellowship, it teaches life lessons. And it also, it, 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 it gives that sense of sustainability and that sense of uh, togetherness, community, and family. That's why it's so important to, a ch- to attend a church where, first and foremost, you know that the word of God is being uh, preached. You know that, you know, the morals and the values are being upheld and your spirit knows that this is right. Because let me tell you something, if something's not right, and the spirit of God is going to tell you, you're, you'll feel it. But God has places in the earth where there are ministers and there are congregations who are holding up the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ. Find you a church home. If you have children, get them involved in the Sunday school. You go to Sunday school with them. Get involved in the, uh, your, get your children involved in the youth pr- programs and the little ch- uh, ch- uh, uh, toddler programs where they teaching the kids how to quote scriptures and do these arts and crafts that it, all of those things once it builds community and it helps. 
it helps. So when I read that scripture, my interpretation of stones being cast to bring that child out of evil is once again for this, it's the sake of just sometimes correction is given in another way in and in another form from another person who is loving, who is caring, who con- is concerned about the well-being of that child. We, we're, we're not, we're not endorsing or we're not saying to go out and get your child stone. That's not what this scripture and this Bible lesson is referring to. So Isaiah 3, 4 through 5 says, I will give children to be their princes and babes shall rule over them. The people will be oppressed, everyone by another and everyone by his neighbor. The child will be insolent toward the elder and the base toward the honorable. So once again here, we're talking about children sometimes can go wayward. Children sometimes they can be stubborn. They can be rebellious. They can, you know, uh, go from, from the path that you, 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 you were training them up to go. The thing is, as a parent, we don't stop loving our children. Why? Because God, he first loved us while we were yet still in our sins. He had us in the palm of his hand, concerned about us. Every follicle on our head has a number. He's counted each one. Each strand of your hair is numbered and he knows the number and the location of each strand. That's how loving he is. So if God can love us that much, we in turn have to love our children. Despite if you feel like, oh, I thought my child was going to be a doctor. Look, if your child got up and they are in a in a position or a job and they may not have been a doctor, but they may be working and they may be bringing in income, taking care of their responsibilities, upholding citizen. You need to thank God. You need to stop comparing your child to other people and what they're doing. Thank God your child made up a mind to say, I want to live, survive, and I want to be a part of life. And I'm here. And I'm here. Don't size your child up with anyone else. Thank God for the gift that they are. Thank God for who they are, how he created them fearfully and wonderfully. And rejoice in the fact that that person gave you the title of mother or father. Relationships. Tonight we were talking about relationships between parents and children. I hope you receive something out of tonight's lesson. I do pray that your relationships, if you have them with your children, whether biological, spiritual, or any other type of form, that you put in the work and you put in the time that needs to be put in to make sure that that relationship is strong and loving. And whatever you do, always make sure that you pray over your children. Adult children, as you become older, pray over your parents. And as you connect and as you grow together, pray together. My prayer for you is that God will meet you where you need to be met. I hope once again, that this lesson assisted you in some kind of way, fashion or form. Please press the like button, click the like button, click the share button, give somebody else an opportunity to hear this lesson. And I pray that God will bless and keep you and sustain you. And anything that you put your hand and your mind to do, let him get the glory out of it.
Until we meet or speak again, may the blessing of the Lord continue to make you rich, adding no sorrow to it. God bless you and good night.